Welcome to Better Overhaul Saul, an episode-by-episode episode podcast about Better Call Saul, beginning with season three. I'm Tyler Ripley. And I'm Ethan Crane. Now, because Better Call Saul is a spin-off series from Breaking Bad, obviously this um, podcast has got lots and lots of spoilers for Breaking Bad, so don't listen to this unless you're really familiar with that. So this week we've just discussed episode three of season three, Sunk Costs. Um, we've covered the virtue of origin stories and the risks of Darth Vadering them. Um, also, Chuck's increasingly inexcusable behaviour and his essential inner squareness. And I ruined Ethan's fantasy that huge quantities of cocaine are manufactured for medica- medical purposes. So, my very first thought on the opening of this episode was on seeing, after the credits, on seeing the, the train that's hanging from the wire. Before was, credits. Oh, it was before the credits, was it? Yep. Oh, okay, and then it carries on after the credits, okay. But the pre-credit sequence, thing, yeah. train and hanging on the wire, my very first thought was, wow, that's a, a global phenomenon, is <laughs> trainers hanging on the wire. Ha- yeah, the I mean, I feel slightly <laughs> embarrassed about talking about it, like, as if this is a thing that we don't understand, why people throw trainers up. Obviously not for the reasons that it's done here, yeah. but it's commonly done for some other reason that I'm not cool enough to understand. It's, it's just being being an arse to your friends, basically, isn't it? Is taking it just grabbing shoes their shoes? And, yeah, it's, it's a teenage thing. You take someone's shoes and throwing them up on some telegraph wires and That's they can never get them back again. It's mean. It's really mean. My question here is, right. though, I don't think anyone does it, like, 50 miles out into the desert. No, but fair enough. No, no, but I think you do. You yeah. see it all over the place. So I think you could yeah. go past shoes like that and go, Jesus Christ, kids these days, look. Like what, that. even So I don't think that? it would raise suspicions. Oh, no, no I don't think it would raise suspicions. But it just suddenly struck me, like, I, you see it around town where we live all the time, don't you? And then, kind of like, ah, oh, maybe that goes on in every country in the world. It might, it yeah. might be one of those things anthropologists discover it's actually, so long as anywhere with shoelaces and <laughs> yeah. power lines. I suppose you need power lines. Maybe not in uh, 18th maybe. century uh, Holland when they had clogs. Wouldn't yeah. have got it then, would you? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> anyway. What did you oh. think of that? Um, what do you think of the cold open? What, did, it, did it intrigue you? Yes, no, it did. It okay. did. Uh, I like. I re- I have to say, I think this is one of my favourite episodes so far of the entire all all the seasons. I did like. It I had, it was really good. Because uh, yeah. I we'll have to admit that yeah. I um, was initially slightly disappointed because just because I thought, okay, yeah. what it reminded me of was um, a cold open. Um, in Breaking Bad, uh, for a cold, so a cold open is well the bit before yeah. credits, the pre-credit sequence. Uh, does a cold open have to be necessarily mysterious and you don't know what's going on? No, no. It's no. just the cold open is just a pre-credit sequence. I think so. Okay, I may be fine. using that phrase yeah. completely wrong. Yeah. But I didn't really know, so shoot I thought me. Should probably better explain. Um, anyway, in the beginning, that they, you, uh, yeah, yeah, in a Breaking Bad episode, I think it's one where they, they, I think it's one where Tuco dies. And um, they, some guys just find Tuco's... Yes, I remember that. His grill. His grill, as yeah. they call it, that they've put in this kind of perspex thing. And yeah. it shows how, I think it's after he's died, but it's all about Hank eventually. The reason why, they, they find it. There's two guys who find it in a river. Yeah. And then at the end you see Hank throwing this thing into yeah, the river. Yeah, because it's... Cause... The killing of two cows. Yeah. Doing his head in. yeah. So it so shows you a mystery, like what is this? How yeah. did that get there? And then it explains how it happened. And it's just, I think the first time you see it, you go, what? 
you know, and it is just that you and I, I, I don't, you know, I, I approach storytelling quite innocently. So I'm normally just like, ooh, this has surprised me. I yeah. don't understand, which is quite nice. But then after seeing that, it wasn't a, that particular episode wasn't very satisfying. Okay. And I think you could overuse that trope. So I thought, oh, right. Okay. So I know I'm watching this and I know at some point it's going to explain how those shoes ended up there. I suppose it's just me recognizing it as a trope. Now, so maybe that's just because I'm stupid and that everybody else could have understood No, no, I see what you mean. I see you're, you're saying you can have a, a, a cold open, a pre-credit sequence, that, but you're, you maybe they've slightly overused the, here's a set of images, you have no idea what they mean, but it's a mystery that we're going to unravel later. Which and, and is, is a common yeah. thing yeah. in there. And I think it is fine, though, if, and in this case, it really lives up. Because what it does is it presents a mystery. Yeah. And you're not even sure it, how it's going to be used later no, on. And you? it intrigues, yeah. it begins yeah. to be more intriguing. Yeah. Like it's not just a casual thing. Like Hank throwing something in the river is not interesting, really. Yeah. You know, how did that get there? Somebody yeah. threw it in there. That's not interesting. These shoes and what do they signify? Suddenly you're like, you know, as like, you see him and you are mystified and it throws up lots of theories in your brain and I went through loads of thinking is the what, shoes what going to be? What other things do you think it might be? I was thinking that there was going to be like a tracker thing initially in the shoes. I thought there might be an explosive device <laughs> yeah. in the shoes that would land and then I was confused about how because obviously that fails to happen because you know you see them at the beginning anyway but lots of things just thinking and it wasn't until he shoots it and then you see even when he put the drugs in the shoes still didn't think that was no. what's going to happen so, so brilliant so brilliant writing. interestingly if they hadn't had the shoes hanging from the wire as the pre-credit sequence yes would that have made a difference um yeah it wouldn't have been so good wouldn't have been so think. satisfying no no because i'm still although yeah and part of me is like oh it's a mystery right i'll solve it um, I'm still quite kind of intrigued by it. And then because it's adequately satisfying. So it has to be a satisfying mystery, basically. Yes. So and, be, and now next yeah. time, because I'll be... Pro I, basically, I was disappointed in that previous one, as I was saying, Bone Breaking yeah. Bad. So I was like, mm, and now I'm primed. But the only thing is, next time they do it, they've got to well, it be at least as interesting, if not better. It's not like these are the only mystery pre-credit sequences, is it? We've had quite a lot of them in... Uh... Well, in both so. Breaking Bad and in Medical uh, Story, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, you often yes. get something happening and you're like, oh, what the hell is that about? Yes. And then it finds out yeah, later. it's quite so. common. And of course, there was the long running thing in, say, season two of Breaking Bad, where you had all the strange black and white, um, you know, the, the scenes which were, were ultimately you find out from the airplane landing. The plane crash. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're not getting very far in this episode. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, I think that's interesting because we often see the uh, pre-credit sequences and you're... You think there must be quite a lot of thought goes on about what you put in before the credits. Mm. So it's interesting to try and get inside the writers' minds and things. What what are they thinking about? Like, and I think I, I agree with you. I think this is a very satisfying. This one is a particularly satisfying pre-credit sequence because of the way it plays out. But it I, doesn't always work. I don't think. No, yeah. I think they've they've they're always. I think they've always been something that wants to grab an audience because. Um, in and I think this is a thing. I think they they really start out in America because in. British TV, you've always had, um, I think, fewer television commercials. Yeah. So what you will do is you, you've always, you, you have a show, it starts with credits and then it starts. You might have a little bit of something before, but I think it started in America because what they would do is have a cold open. So you'd say, okay, this is whatever. 
mash, or probably post-mash, but anyway, something. They'd start, they'd show a bit, then they'd have the credits, and then you'd get a commercial break yeah. in immediately after yeah. the credits, and that way, I, don't, I guess it's... You get so that's what led to the idea in. of the cold open. Yeah, and yeah. so you want something that gets you and intrigues you enough to sit through a whole bunch of adverts to, to keep on watching it. And yet they've kept, they've obviously kept the pre-credit sequence there's no need to, haven't they, in a Netflix yeah. series, which is, is kind of interesting. Really. And then you get yeah. things like uh, we were saying about the OA, another mm. season where people haven't seen the OA in the very first episode of it. They don't actually have the credits until a whole hour into the first episode, yes. which is quite amazing. It's you sound like, whoa, the credits. Oh, <laughs> yeah. bonkers, yeah. yeah it, it really works, I think, in because... that. It's kind of, it kind of makes you think about what the pre-credit sequence actually means, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that really, is... That was really good twist on the on the whole credits uh, yes, credits issue. That is yeah, it's taking it into a different But it is league. interesting how how certain television tropes carry on though, isn't it? Despite them not being necessary anymore. Like you say here this this pre credits sequence which we don't really see in British T V very no. often is something is a hangover from when you always have commercials in in American TV series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I and mean, when you don't need to have Netflix but they're using it to their own advantage. Yes. Well. Yeah. Actually, so moving on from the pre-credit sequence okay. to the to the credit sequence, which I wanted to talk about, well, have you been often. noticing the images they use over the the credits? Actually, I just uh, I just noticed it this time. So this time we had uh, a pair of scales. It was shot in sort of psychedelic colours. Yes. It? Yeah, and you have the very truncated music. Yes. But this time it was like, as far as I can make out, it looked like tubes of lipstick or something hanging in the scales, or oh, tubes of something. I didn't see what the scales yeah. were. What I was thinking was yeah. that my initial thing what that made me think of is um when you you have oh um well in healthcare when you sort of put things you're checking for dirt and things like that you do this thing where you have to practice washing your hands and then you, you put a sort of gel on beforehand and then you wash them and then you put your hands under ultraviolet light and that shows you where you haven't washed your hands properly okay okay and then it reminds me of something which I think is similar, that shows up certain drugs residues. What, you think that's what they're doing in the credits? I thought that was, that was just what it made me think of. I've What's no the, what idea. the scales have to do with that then? What's because the drugs, you use drug, scales to weigh drugs. Oh, okay. So oh, it, it was yeah. as if it looked like some sort of piece of evidence that you could show had been contaminated by okay. drug use. And then, now talking about it, I think maybe maybe does that relate to the whole um, sniffing out drug, you know, drug, dog's use and how do you detect drugs in general, which yeah. is a sort of theme in this, but I've only just thought that I could be making it. Another credit up. sequence, well I can only remember them from this season, but I don't, one we just had was just the back of Jimmy's car at one point, that was it, just a yeah. car. Was that, I mean maybe that was the episode where Mike was driving around, I'm just trying to work out. Is there a code? There... <laughs> okay, let's just sort of let's put just, a pin yeah. in that and have a... Yeah, uh, think about uh, that later, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we've only got up to the credits so far. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I think this splits into two, doesn't it? Because our two main protagonists uh, have got a pretty different non... Mike and Saul. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Jimmy. Yep. yep, yep. So which one should we handle first? Well, let's go go in order. Go with go with Mike first, because okay. he figures first. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty We've much carrying on from the end of last episode, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So what do you think about his meet-up with Gus? Oh, I love the meet-up with Gus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. It's, it's like, well, this made me... Made me think. Well, I mean, and we mentioned talked about this in the last podcast. Well, I I mentioned it slightly. Was that in some ways for me? Better Call Saul isn't a series about. It's not about Jimmy McGill. It's it's almost Breaking Bad origins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> isn't it? It, it, it is. Yeah, well, it totally. is Breaking Bad origins, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because obviously, it's it's uh, Saul's sure. sort of you know Jimmy how, to Saul, how he became yeah. Jimmy to Saul kind of thing. Definitely Mike's story. Yes. how he became Gus's henchman. 
it's kind of not really Gus's story and how he came Gus. Gus he's is already, Gus. He's already Gus in this, isn't yeah. he? But, but nevertheless, he, we, it's still seeing him a bit. A bit but what, and, it's also, and also it's uh, Francesca's, who is Jimmy's assistant. It's also yes. her origin story a little bit, isn't you're it? You're yeah. throwing that in casually as if we didn't suddenly find out afterwards that Francesca... When yes. we talk, we talk, we, Francesca came on the scene last week and we didn't recognise her at no, all. No, we, uh, we had to look that up or listen to something else which yeah. told us that Francesca, who is Jimmy's assistant, Jimmy and Kim's assistant in this, uh, in this season is still the same assistant that Jimmy has in Breaking Bad, like many, many yeah, years he's later. he's long-suffering and a rather different and a less perky woman. Yes, yeah, probably doesn't answer the phone in quite, or wears quite yeah. the same outfits anymore, yeah. I think. But yeah. anyway, going back to the... So it's very, it's very much a Breaking Bad origin story, yes. and it made me think that... So I think I think there's a slight disingenuous with as calling this better call Saul, I think, because I think if you were to really kind of question the writers of this, question Vince Gilligan and the other writers and say... What is your driving force for the story? What are you? What is your? What is your uh, number one guide for how you're delighting the audience in this? Mm. I think they would have to say, we are we are taking all of the favourite characters from Breaking Bad minus the main characters, mm. and we're just delighting you with more of their stories, really, and their origin stories mm. and how they got to be in Breaking Bad, really. I, so what I was thinking of is in particular, there's um, a sense of. Irony. I think we talked about this last time yeah. when we said about you know the introduction of Gus and how it's very enjoyable to watch something when the you as an audience member knows yeah. a lot more than the protagonist and um, and it's so uh, and it's so heightened in this compared to like your average kind of yeah. um, piece. So and you know just for example, I like the fact that Gus is sort of talking about Hector Salamanca and Salamanca. Salamanca and saying, um, you know, that he doesn't want his, you know, he doesn't want his death at the moment. Yes. But ultimately, it's Hector who, I mean, those yes. two die together, yes, don't they? Yes, absolutely. Which is just this nice little yeah, piece of irony. This is, a, this is a battle that's uh, where its origins are here and, and going Yes, on, well, we know on. its origins yeah. come from before this, don't they? But, yeah. but it, you know, it's just that if he had, so, so we know that, we know for sure now that Gus was the one who told um, Mike not to shoot him. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, if of course, he, had, he hadn't. Then Gus wouldn't have died in Breaking Bad. Well, many well, he might have done, but Breaking Bad may have been a very way, different show. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. He did. But my my sort of follow-on question from that really is that um, why do you think origin stories are so interesting? Why are they? I mean, I have I have a theory about it. What what you thought about that? Okay, I might need a minute to think about why I think origin stories are interesting. I certainly have a massive soft spot in for some origin stories. Like yeah. I do love a. I'm a sucker for a, you know, Superman uh, discovers, you know, superhero discovers his superhero abilities. Oh, okay. Well, maybe origin, origin story is quite, not quite the right thing then, but uh, but I say back you're going story. back, for, a backstory, yes, a backstory. So you're going back yeah. from a, a story you've already uh, seen to something previous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think things are cool. I, well, okay. I will have to think about that. I certainly think there's a danger, like... There's a lot of um, concern, um, you know, this isn't me, but a lot, many other people, and I agree with them saying that they're not particularly happy about thinking about the origin of Han Solo, for example. Yeah. Cool, enigmatic character. I don't know if I want to know him when he was geeky and stupid. Well, I mean, but, you, could say, you could say, like, you know, thinking about Star Wars, people were very unhappy with um, George Lucas giving us the origin, giving us the origin of the Force, like, you know, it's the Mitochlorians or whatever. People uh, really hated no, that. Well, he didn't, yeah. anyway, I'm no, no, yeah. get me started on that. But yeah. 
Um, that is obviously yeah. ridiculous. But on the other hand, the origins of Darth Vader could have been blinding. Yeah. I think that's a story. I suppose that I'm much more fascinated, say, although they've fucked it up. Anyway, but by the, the idea of how did this guy who we know started off as a good guy, yeah. Luke's dad, how did he end up being evil? But Han Solo, enigmatically cool, I don't want to dig too deep. Let me just well, enjoy his uh, enigmatic yeah, well, you, cool. You, you hit on it there, really, didn't you? Because what the, a good origin story is one where a character has radically changed from what they were in the beginning. Han Solo is going to have been the same yes. all the way through. Really, ah, it? no, yeah. okay, what if it's... Mm, okay, I don't know if this... This doesn't appeal in the least, but yeah. the only way I could see it being interestingly narrative Lee is if he's not radically cool, if That's he's true. massively geeky and I would nerdy. Like that. In fact, Maybe. In fact uh, um, going along with another Harrison Ford character would be, I love the Indiana Jones origins in the third Indiana Jones. That was brilliant because, and that, that had some, fact, like the way you just mentioned Gus and Hector here, you have Gus like telling Mike not to kill Hector and then we, you know, leading all the way on in the story and it ends up being Hector who kills Gus. Mm. I love those kind of uh, throwbacks like it with the it's the bit with the gold cross or something isn't yes, it where, yes. where young Indi Indi it's Indi the, the gold origin cross taken of this away from, that's oh, how you get that that's um, one of my favourite film scenes ever I think and he's still going after it when he's like a grown man yes. brilliant it, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's classic cinema stuff yeah but but, but I still think okay and I'm just, I, I, I think cool is just yeah, yeah I don't there's no to. change that's really interesting I, I mean it's kind of interesting we just mentioned there didn't we mentioned obviously Jimmy's having a big change to Saul. There's quite a change in Mike from how he becomes Gus's henchman. We talked about Francesca, how she's going to become a pretty crappy assistant from what she thought was a good job. Gus is quite so interesting because he doesn't change, is no, he? No, Gus that's is the, going to be Gus, so be a change. we like yeah. Gus, but yeah, that's nothing so intriguing. Yeah. But uh, my other thought about origin stories in a way was that why they're so fascinating is because you have a lot of, of pre-knowledge about the story that's going mm. on here that that is waiting to make all these connections in your brain, isn't it? With so is it just the yeah. satisfaction of thinking, okay, I understand this, I have a narrative, I have a, a meaning, it just gives more meaning to a person's character. So, yeah, so, so. so it's more fully, yeah. it's more satisfying as a human being to say, this person has got to this position and it's because of this and you can see the whole narrative arc, some sense of inevitability and that sort of gives this warm sense of satisfaction. I think so, yeah, it gives us meaning and it also, I think it bonds us more to the character as well. We, we feel yeah. closer to them somehow because we have more knowledge of them. It's like being more intimate with them. I so think, it's almost it? yeah. like you, you feel more intimate. There's always going to be a closeness on a personal level of friends that you had when you were at school. Even if you rarely see them, there's still something more that because you know what they were like when they were first Absol pissed. I think that's exactly it, actually. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of the it's the reverse of that somehow, isn't it? Because we're now seeing it's like knowing your friends when they're in their forties, and then going back and seeing a film about them when they were younger. Yes. You know they you know them as old people, and then you go. But the, the, when you watch a, an origin story like like Better Call Saul, is yeah. But it is definitely that feeling, definitely that feeling of intimacy with close friends that you knew from a long time ago. Yeah, you know yeah. a lot more about them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's growing a kind of, God, it makes feels a bit pathetic and artificial, really, but it's almost like we're making friends with these people. Yeah, well, I mean, you're watching, you're watching Jimmy in this series and you're thinking, oh, I know you really well kind of thing, aren't you, in, in a way? You're, and, and Mike as well. Mike's a bit more difficult to know, but Jimmy, I feel, yeah. I feel like I know him so well. I don't yeah. want to hang out with Mike. No. Well, I don't know. I think he was my really good friend, though, Mike. I know he'd protect me. It'd be useful. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. This is okay. Another question. Yes. Why do you think Gus has essentially courted like a, a crazy, crazy drugs headhunter, Mike? He's desperate for him. He has gone to a very long lengths with the whole tracking malarkey. This incredible theatrical show yeah. of getting him to answer the phone and then they approach him and and all this kind of hard nut stuff as they meet in the middle of um, beautiful New Mexico. Um, do you think, because really all he wants is somebody to mess up Tuco's business, doesn't he? Uh, well, I, I have a slightly different take on it from that, actually. Okay. I, I don't think that's what Gus wants. I just think this is Gus being incredibly careful like like he is. He's He's arranged... He's gone through all this subterfuge so that he gets to meet Mike out in the desert. And I'm sure if things had gone like differently at that conversation, he'd just have had him killed, you know, there in the desert and then buried. That would have been it kind of thing. So I don't think at this point Gus has really has any intentions into headhunting Mike. That's what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was, all right. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at it like that. What you so so you think he was just thinking? I want to make sure that this guy doesn't interfere with my business anymore. Yes, that's but all then, that he's up to. But yeah. it, it's obvious that he's like the the business that he does. Well, the whole of Mike's plot within this, yeah. it's all about opening up, um, because you know it opens up with you can see it, uh, the the. Um, Poyas Hermanas. Yes, Poyas Hermanas, yeah. Yeah, um, going, it's their van. So it's like the end scene is showing that, oh, well, now Gus's business has taken over. Yes, yeah, so... So it's all, it's surely that was all about, he didn't just sanction it, it was maybe Mike's idea, but he's, to me, it was just Gus saying, right, come on, you're an ideas guy, you managed to, um, this does sound like headhunting, you managed to, to, you know, you had this great... Yeah. coup almost by screwing over this guy mind you that didn't go so well did it because that guy died but let's you know come to the table let's discuss ideas if you've got anything i'll sanction it and you go ahead i do think that's how the conversation ended up i think that's how it got but i don't think that's what gus was intending when he because he had no idea who mike was at that point all he well no no he, he knew his name didn't he, he knew but... his name and he knew the bit what he'd done to tuco as well but I think he was just testing. I don't think he necessarily thought, I'm definitely going to get this. I think he just thought, I'm going to... Or I'm, On the one hand, he might have just thought, I just want this guy to not kill Hector Salamanca. Um, and there, but then he... No, he's he, immediately saying, if you want, you know, if you want to carry on screwing up his business, well, that'd be great, but do it with my... Basically, I want to know what you're doing and yes. um, I, want you, I want you to... Yes, actually, no, way. actually, I do see what you mean. So you, you think that was his intention all along? Yeah. Okay, I... I think he might have thought that on the spot. I don't not Gus sure. Gus never thinks think... of anything on the spot. <laughs> that is true. That is what we love about Gus, isn't it? Yeah. Gus has the whole of his life mapped out. Yeah. Probably just about up to the point where he gets killed yeah, by Hector. Yeah, that went a bit wrong. But apart from that. Yeah. So I think that, and what oh, I okay, yeah, maybe, no, maybe, yeah, maybe you're winning me around with that idea. Okay, yeah. and my, what my argument, my point was, was that the only thing about that is it seems, and I will accept it because let's just accept that Mike despite the fact that he is so getting on, but yeah. he is Superman as well. He is Jason Bourne. He is the most capable person on the planet. Yeah. Um, but in some respects, you might think, well, there's this guy. I know there's a guy who's done this. I'm going to go and meet him. And you think, Jesus, fuck, he's ancient. This is never going to work. <laughs> but no, he doesn't. He thinks, yeah, this is, this is, this is the man. This is the henchman I want. I want on my side. Because he's so unassuming as well. Like no one's going to suspect Mike, are no, they? No, that is true. That, yeah. That's a brilliant yeah, he thing. He doesn't look like Victor or someone like that, no. does he? Or no. yeah. 
and the ones of his dodgy yeah. dodgy henchmen. Anyway. Yeah. So actually while while we're on the subject, do you think uh now that I am now that uh, going along with your your uh, analysis of that just there. So this is Mike being convinced by to to sort of work for Gus, even if it's just doing this one thing, mm -hmm. uh, to get back at Hector Salamanca. And from Gus's point yeah. of view, it doesn't good because um, because it's disrupting Hector's supply. Therefore, yeah, so Gus, Gus does better. Him. Is this enough to mean that that Mike just carries on working for Gus? Is this it? Is there any other character changes that Mike needs in order to be no, Gus's henchman? I don't That's think. It. No, I don't think that's it because we haven't seen any money change hands. So I think this is very no. much, very much freelance kind of uh, business. Well, I'll, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah, at yeah. the moment. Um, I'm a bit disappointed if that's the case. I need more. I need more mic change. I mean, this... oh, I think there's going to be more mic change. Mike's so? still. Mike's not doing because you thought. I mean, it was making you think he's going to shoot those guys, wasn't it? He's, yes. Oh well, let's talk about the end scene yeah. later because the end scene was brilliant. Well, yeah. no, I mean, we could. Yeah. Oh, I think it comes into the whole Mike's plot, doesn't it? Really, and, yes. and we're getting that. Just way. before we move on to there, though, uh, why do you think Gus didn't want Hector dead? Oh. My my theory. Oh, do you want to hear my theory before you? Yeah, because yeah. I ain't got one. But, well, yeah. I think it's one of those. Uh, if Hector dies, Gus will be suspected. Cartel might come after him. He's kind of happy with this sort of like, you know, delicate balance that he has with the cartel at the moment. He doesn't want to like, he will obviously be under suspicion if, uh, if he, um, yeah. Cause I don't think he, it doesn't seem like he's in, uh, in Breaking Bad. We see him actually working with the cartel, don't we? Or at least getting along with them because there's a, there's a episode in season three where, where the cousins want to kill Walt. Yeah. Uh, Tuco's cousins want to kill Walt. And Gus stops them, and yeah. he has a meeting with a kind of head cartel guy, and they obviously get on well. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, yeah, and it's all about Hector. But that doesn't well, seem like that doesn't seem to be how he's working with the cartel. He seems to be working against the cartel here, doesn't he? Or at least in competition with. Well, I feel that when you say cartel, surely, oh, I don't. I mean, well, what are... cartel that Hector works for? Okay, that's yeah. true. He does, doesn't he? So he's the the yeah. Okay, they are in competition. You. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay. So what was my question though? I've forgotten. I don't know. Anyway, uh, oh um, yes, that why why does why does he not want to kill? Why does he not because want to kill? Because he would be suspected. I oh yeah, yes. I I'll go with that actually, and maybe also that he thinks Hector and Tuco are not the best businessmen in the world. So there's going to be somebody in opposition to him, and he'd rather be some people that aren't the. So better the devil you know, really. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that was kind of my maybe. idea. Yeah. Because they. Yeah. Maybe a little bit other things. So should we okay. stick stick with the Mike story mm. while, while we're here, sir? So, sure, sure. So, so the well, leading up to the to the end scene with the rifle. The end scene with the rifle was just so just because you had so many thoughts going through your head about what the hell was going on, didn't you? As it was happening, what were you thinking was going on as it, as you were going through it? What, what do you think Mike's plan was? I that is the deliciousness about Mike's yeah, plans. Yeah, I, I mean, it was yeah. sound like it was my my ideas were really crap, but I just thought, oh, he's Getting them used to, so he keeps shooting up in the yeah. air. He's getting them used to it, and then they're going to put their things away in the box, and then he'll shoot. He's just going to shoot them. That's all I I could think of, and I'd forgotten. I didn't know how the shoe would get in, or or he's going to shoot the strings of the shoe. Yeah. And then yes, shoot the strings of the shoe, and then that would explode the van. 
Yes, because it had because <laughs> there was a huge amount of explosives in the. Uh, yeah, and that's or, definitely the best way to blow that. And, up, and that it? you got the explosives from the doctor. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I knew in my head this wasn't working as a theory, but and that's all I always had. drops explosives from the top, the top of a van rather yes. than underneath it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was it was a crap idea, but I know I had no idea. But it did give me it gave me ammunition for lots of ideas. Yeah, yeah which is what go. you want, really, isn't it? That's why it was so yes. cleverly written. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. whole. The whole uh, looking at watching them through the rifle, then putting the rifle up and firing through the end, then putting it down. Yeah. And think, oh, now he's going to shoot them. Say, what the hell is he doing? Why does he shoot them now? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah and then, yeah. yeah, you just keep thinking as they get yeah. back in, there's going to But in happen. the end, it's just so they, they're not worried by the gunshot when he finally shoots the shoe, isn't it? And, and you only realise that right at the last minute, which is just brilliant. So clever. So good. Yeah, and he yeah. waits until they sh yeah. he shoots and they don't flinch, they don't do anything because yeah. they've just said to themselves, oh, it's fine. And these hunters. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't matter. So that when they hear that other shot, Oh, but it's, it's such a good example of, uh, I think, what's it called? It's reversal, I think, it's, it's in script writing, isn't it? When you're you're being led to believe one thing's going on and then suddenly you're like, oh, hang on, oh, that's not happening. That's no, this is happening, yeah. Which is very satisfying. It's very satisfying, yeah. Watch. yeah. It is great. How do you think those dogs think? Do you think, because you know they had, do drugs dogs, I thought what drugs dogs were, where they were dogs that were a little bit addicted to the drugs. And that's why they get really overexcited when they get a sniff of whatever it is their drug of choice is. Yeah. Mind you, I suppose that means you need a whole load of different drugs. This is our coke dog, and this is our... It's our marijuana dog. He's a bit more laid back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I thought maybe, did they actually use a drugs dog for that scene? And then all the dog did when it got to the bit... Where it was like, oh, I think I found something. Was it just sits down, wasn't it? Very neatly. I must have no knowledge about how drug dogs work. But I maybe, think yeah. I'm sure because I might have known somebody who may have got a little bit picked up at the airport um, by a marijuana dog. Oh, okay. And the dog went bonkers, like really excited, like rah, rah. It's here. Well, maybe. They were like, and they were like, oh, lovely doggy. But actually, it was them getting in trouble. Maybe perversely, marijuana doggies go crazy. And coke doggies are really sedate. <laughs> could be. But, no, or it could be that they didn't actually get a proper drugs dog for this because they wouldn't, they wouldn't have had the actual drugs either. Maybe that was they? the 27th take of that dog. And now, can you please make him go mad, for God's sake? He's just sitting down each time. Let's go with the sitting down <laughs> yeah. dog. No one's going to know. Yeah. All those podcasters are going to wonder yeah, what it's all about. Talk nonsense. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but it's good. And we've also, we've seen that before, haven't we? We've seen that in the last season. We've seen that area, the, the place where they do searches yes before and i'm sure they did that way before they thought about this particular thing because it was last season so, so a nice callback it's a lovely bit of yeah. like reuse of the same well, setting. do you think was there actually drugs in that van you think yeah but they always put them in the tires don't they and they never find them in the tires i think yeah. i i was thinking that oh well this time because they've they've, they've got a hit they're going to really really hunt that yeah. until they find them and they will get them right that was what I think because they need a lot. It's no good just finding yeah. a sprinkling. I guess that must get be incredibly nerve-wracking, mustn't you? If you're the drivers, like knowing there's drugs in the van, that you're yeah. going to go through that search. Oh yeah, but yeah. probably you do it a few times and you get by. You think, oh, yeah, I suppose, right. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. That can I, very can I tell you another another theory that I had? So so in the same way with the rifle firing at the end, your head's going getting full of theory yep. about what's going on. When Mike goes to the doctors earlier to get the yes. cocaine from the, <laughs> so he comes out of the doctors and his car's parked outside and you see the what's it say Estacia something about this uh, 
whatever the sign is for the doctors. He's parked outside the wall, isn't he? Yeah. And he opens his boot and you can hear chickens in the background. <laughs> yes. And I thought, why has he got chickens in his boot? It's because that involves chickens. What the hell is going What's on? What's he going to do with the chicken? Yeah. I thought he's going to put the drugs in the chicken. Or... Yeah. <laughs> I did hear that. Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, I, I liked, I love the fact that we have a very non-stereotypical, lovely lovely doctor stroke drug supplier yeah i thought that was nice he's obviously is a really decent guy working in a kind of low rent kind probably of probably hardly earning anything because what he's doing yeah. is he needs to make some money on the side you can for, pay yeah 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 and i i thought that what that what drugs nice. was it do you think that they were he was giving them i presumably coke I mean, or white powder yeah yeah so that wouldn't be crystal meth would it because that wouldn't be a powder it's not always blue no, 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 but it's no, a but crystal. It's crystal, yeah. It's not a powder. Yeah, so... so probably Coke, really, wasn't it? I guess. That would be something you'd imagine a doctor would have more access to. <laughs> you know what? I do know doctors. You don't ha you don't use Coke in a kind of... You don't, it's not a medical thing. Diamorphine, you know, which is heroin, yes, and a few other drugs. Coke, not so much. Oh, okay. So, well, anyway. But anyway, I don't know. I thought it was used for some medicinal thing. No. It's, no? Um, it can be used. Coke was a... Uh, cocaine was originally used because it's also a local anesthetic. Um, you, okay. So some sort of example you could... But still not if they had kind of like pharmaceutical connections, sort of like, you know, wholesalers, would they not have... You know? No, because nobody wholesales coke in a... It isn't used medically at all. It's not like... It's not like, it's not like heroin or, or painkillers. Okay. But those are the only ones. I think there's a, there's a belief that doctors have got access to all the drugs in the world, but no. Okay. Unless, unless they haven't told me. Um, okay, so that's Mike's, Mike's Oh yeah, one deal. last thing about Mike, though. Uh -huh. um, I think we had a little smile from Mike at the end there when his plan came off. Oh, I did. I missed it. Oh, did you? I this little thing when, notes. when the hole goes through the shoes yeah. and the powder sweeps down on the truck. Like, just a little, oh, little, little smile. smile. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever seen before. That's why Mike's it was so significant. Mike's allowed to have a little smile. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay we should yeah. note that. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, my Mike's story this week, brilliant. Um, but Jimmy's also really good this week as well. I think wasn't it? They were they were both equally as good. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm, I I enjoyed watching Mike's story more because yeah. it was my well, it was classic Mike, wasn't it? It was Mike had a plan that came together, yes. really complicated, <laughs> yes, yeah. elaborate one. Yeah. Saul, poor Saul, not having. Oh, sorry, it's not Saul net yet. Jimmy, Jim, yeah, not having. Obviously, from the repercussions from last week. He's he's dealing with it. What did you think about his conversation with Chuck um, at Which the beginning, one? the where he's sitting out on? Um, oh yes, on the I pavement. was just thinking, Chuck, you are such an absolute cock. <laughs> that was what I was thinking all the way through. It. Oh yes, he he's so, such an insufferable prick, really, isn't he? It, the thing yeah. about oh, it's not kind of I'm not I'm doing it for you. Um, yeah. Oh Jesus, I mean, think how of this as an opportunity. Yeah. Face this challenge. But do you think? He really believes that? Chuck, yeah, I think Chuck really does. Okay. I think I, what it made me think of as they were having that conversation was this is, in a way, one of the themes of Better Call Saul is the, sort of like the... Slightly like, remember that children's book, The Roundies and the Squaries? So yes. it's this book a bit like The Mr Men, which is The Roundies and the Squaries, and the Squaries do everything by the book and everything's really neat and tidy and everything works it by the plans and whatever, and the Roundies are all loose and laid back and they're spontaneous and do whatever... And that's kind of like the sort of thematic arguments going on in this somehow. Chuck is the, obviously the squarey. So you're and, taking a children's book as an inspiration for... Well, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a 
It's a theme in lots of things, isn't it? Seventies like, children books. Seventies well, children books yeah. isn't to be trusted. But it, it, it makes you, you know, we we love Jimmy because. He is a bit. He's the one you want to hang out with in the pub, isn't he? Not Chuck. Chuck would be mm. dull as ditch water. Well, and again, with. like I said, I felt like I think we felt a bit sorry for Chuck at the end of season two. He was in a, you know, Jimmy, he was going a bit mad. Yeah. And Jimmy had made him go mad. Jimmy had put him in this position, but it's like but Chuck he... is now. I think it's just because he's very manipulative, even up to the point like with the. Um, the, the district attorney, the, the the woman that comes to sort of represent him. Yeah. And the prosecutor. Um, she, he's, you know, when, it, there's a point where he goes, oh, mm, I don't know. And you, I was thinking, oh, is this where Chuck is beginning to think, oh, God, maybe I've pushed this too far. Maybe yeah. this is an awful thing to do to my brother. But, and he says, is there a, maybe there's a better solution. And it's all everyone. part of his plan to stop him being a lawyer, isn't it? He just that's Chuck's thing, is he just does not want Jimmy to be a lawyer, does it? He thinks Jimmy mm. sullies the name of, name of the law. Because yeah. he sort of, you know, he says, I'll be there to help you build yourself up again. But, I mean, Jimmy's already, Jimmy's had a shady past, yeah. uh, doing a lot of dodgy stuff, and then great stuff. He's managing yeah. to train up and become a lawyer. Fantastic. Uh, like his brother, which is obviously a tribute to his brother, really. But Chuck can't stand that, can he? He can't no. stand that someone can wheel a deal their way into being a lawyer. He, he's obviously put the years and the hours and everything in himself and he thinks, why should someone else get it the easy way, really, isn't it? That's what's going yeah. through. Yeah. But, okay, so Chuck is yeah. a shit, but what do you think about the line that Jimmy throws at him about, I'll tell you how it's going to happen. Um, you're One of these days you're going to get ill, you're going to be, you know, you're going to get into hospital, blah, 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 this is going to happen and you're going to die. I thought so, you're fucking right, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I did at that point. I was really on Jimmy's side. I didn't. I wasn't really feeling any balance of feeling in feeling there. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I well, mean, what to were be you feeling differently then? Well, I did, but I did think, whoa, that's a bit harsh, you know. Um, I didn't think it was harsh in the situation, though. I thought, given what's just happened, he's about to have Jimmy arrested. I think I said the same thing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Jimmy will probably come to think I blew my top a bit at the time, but you know, he was in a highly emotional state after what just happened. So. Um, also, Jimmy and his relationships. What do you think about? Uh, I think we talked about Kim and Jimmy last week. Yeah, it's it sort of seems even sadder because it's obviously this is dividing them again. Although they seem to like come round to each other's way of thinking it by the end, don't they? They do. They're smoking cigarette outside. I mean, we know obviously that ultimately. Yeah, which doomed. makes it even sadder because yeah. you know they're doomed, and yet you see Kim is so. Like, as he says, you're so nice, you know, you're really kind. Well, if we're saying that they're doomed, I mean, we're assuming that, that um, Jimmy there isn't is still no... on the side and he's not, got, he's not married to Kim back at home in, Beth, in Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, I think that seems that very would unlikely. Seem, I don't it? think that's how they're going to play it, no. I think, um, I think this will be a sad thing he loses, really. Yes. And um, as, as we mentioned in our Breaking Bad Rehab podcast uh, mm. this week, uh, Jimmy in Breaking Bad mentions he has two past wives, doesn't he? At but, least, because he yeah. recalls back, I think that's a line they might come to regret, but I remember as if it's a great joke, catching my second wife um, sleeping, with my... sleeping with my stepdad, yeah. which I don't know how they're going to work into this, but um, <laughs> yeah. that might have to be yeah. uh, uh, put down to this flim flam. Yes. I really, really, really liked the montage of Kim getting ready. Oh, I want to talk about that. But can I just talk about something else mm. that, on that subject before uh -huh, you go to uh -huh. that? Is um, given that we're talking about Better Call Saul in relation to Breaking Bad, you know, like that question of 
uh, Jimmy becoming Saul in, in Breaking yes, Bad. Yes, yes, I think we should maybe through each of these episodes keep a, a running guess on how much time you think elapses between where we are now in Better Call Saul at the beginning of Breaking or the, no, the first time we see Saul in Breaking Bad. What's your guess at the moment? What would you say? I mean, the, the, the things confounding your guess really are the fact that obviously the actors playing Gus, Saul and Mike are actually looking older in yeah. this than they are. That does look confusing. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing is, I've got a feeling the writers themselves may yeah, not really have know. a plan. They might just be seeing how it all goes. Yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely sure. But what, what would you, I mean, they, they're going to have to have some kind of idea, I think, aren't they? It's going to have to... Well, maybe not. Maybe they're thinking, well, let's see how many series we get from Netflix. I think they might just be checking out. See, yeah. what, and not just see, see how they enjoy writing it, see if it works for them. Well, see, my, one of my thoughts about it here was that, um, what we were just talking about, Mike, earlier, is that because Mike's story, how Mike becomes the Mike of Better Call Saul to the Mike of Breaking Bad, his story is quite close to finishing in some ways, I think. I don't think there's too much more for, to go for. There's a lot more, seems a lot more to go for Jimmy. Not that much more to go for Mike. Mm. So we don't know. There may be other parts of the story. It could. Yeah. I think. I think. I'm gonna guess about three years at the moment. I okay. don't think much more than that. I think but, just yeah. going by technology of cell phones. Uh, oh, have they stuck to that religiously? Oh, though, I don't know. No, I haven't really been keeping close tabs. Yeah. But they've been. They really have tried to show old phones. So you could yeah. do it purely on that. That's probably your best. Best. Uh, Notify, wouldn't they? Yeah, but that's assuming that they knew exactly what they were doing when they started Better Call Saul and had a plan. So they don't. So I don't know. Um, anyway, I thought that was quite an interesting thing to keep an eye on anyway, okay. how, how much, okay. how long before. Yeah. Um, montage? Oh yes, well, I, so that montage was so kind of different from what we've seen in other episodes that I did look up and see that this is directed by, first two episodes of the season directed by Vince Gilligan, mm. this, this one directed by someone else. Mm. So, is it uh, a man or a woman? It was a man, his okay. name I've forgotten. Yeah. I just really liked, um, I haven't seen a woman get Women getting dressed and ready, putting on makeup, and putting on makeup, but not to look super sexy or going out, just to kind of, in a rather depressing way, just to face the day. And I like the fact that she does it in a gym rather than, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, maybe they've just yeah. got better showers or something like that because she obviously isn't exercising. I must say, I, I found it slightly jarring because it was such a different style to what we'd seen before. I wondered if it felt a little bit like a new director trying to make his mark. Ah, yeah. Okay, I, I really liked it, but I think that was just because it was women doing things and seeing a slight state of undress without it ever being sexy. I just so thought What was its I point, that. you think, that montage? I don't know. I thought it was a little bit telling about how shit Kim's life is, really. It looks crap way of getting, you know, what a lot. She's, got to, she's getting up in the dark. She's... When did she do? Yeah, at the beginning of that that montage, where is she? I don't know. Yeah. Is she actually in the office? No. Is she actually sleeping in her office? Is that, is that it? Is that she's supposed to be? Oh, quite tell. So that's why she's going to get ready in a gym. So is this like? This is just like this is the life of a lawyer, basically. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like just you know you know crank yourself up on coffee. Go to you know you've Go got your gym. gym membership. That's your that's your yes. exercise for the day, and they, that's where you possibly. Have a shower I don't as even well. think she's exercising. I think she's just <laughs> using it to shower. Yeah. So, um, and then, and she's got to go through the, just the sort of quite annoying, painful thing that any woman working in a corporate world has got to do. She's got to look smart. Yeah. She's got to wear heels. She's got to 
style her hair. She's got to have time to style her hair and put makeup on. Even though... And if she doesn't yeah. do that, like a guy can probably shave half an hour off the morning compared to a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're a lawyer. We lawyers, even male lawyers have to look pretty smart. Don't they, they do have to look smart. I don't know. But you, probably, you get away with a lot less time, obviously. I know nothing. I know nothing about male grooming and I know you don't either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd... Thanks. <laughs> I'll have to check with somebody else. But I yeah. assume, I don't think, I don't, maybe I'm being harsh, but I don't think men would have to spend such a long time. No, I don't think so. Um, but anyway, oh, and, and ironically, like uh, she might spend the entire day in her office and no one will see her whatsoever. <laughs> no, but she still has to have that presentation. Yeah, just in case someone comes in. Yeah, yeah. anyway. But I know I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, but it was a little bit beside the point, I so guess. So as she came out, out of the gym and after that, Oh, uh, strange montage. Yeah. Sorry, and Chuck, more even more of a git because obviously part of his plan was to get rid of Ernesto because now he had an he knew Ernesto would go to Saul. He entrapped him, Jimmy. I mean, so he went to Jimmy, and then he could sack him because. Well, this was my question. Why did he sack Ernesto? Because he he can say, I know you must have talked to my brother about what you heard here, and I said you shouldn't tell anybody about that, and you did, so you have failed me. So you're sacked. But he could easily have just ignored that and not sacked him if he'd wanted to keep him. He wants him. to sack him. Because, Why does he want to sack because him? Because Ernesto betrayed him before, didn't he? Because, well, he suspects him of it. Because in that whole shenanigans with um, Jimmy and the copy centre and there was... Ernesto... Ernesto that, yeah, Ernesto covers up for Jimmy at that point. He covers up for him and because Jimmy says... Because uh, he, he, Ernesto sees Jimmy uh, okay. and he doesn't tell... Or he fibs, or in some way he covers up for Jimmy. But Chuck knows that, does he? Jimmy, um, Chuck suspects it. She suspects he it. He doesn't right. know it. He yeah. has to believe. He has to go with Ernesto's word. Ernesto's yeah. word sort of means that he's his whole yeah. paranoia is, is put Chuck to doubt. Chuck is just a prick. <laughs> I really disliked him more than ever in this episode. Oh, can we yeah. not redeem Chuck in your eyes? Well, it's going to take some some some. Doing. I think it's I think it's kind of, and I don't know if this is. Uh, a reflection on me or a reflection on what the writers wanted but it's kind of that and I think this is going back to the sort of the thing I was talking about the themes of the I might I might call it the roundy squarey theme because <laughs> okay. the, the theme of the straight laced lawyer versus the the wheeler dealer interesting person sort of yeah. thing yeah it's kind of like you feel that the the straight laced corporate person in everyday life is kind of there's a jealousy going on to the to the fun and interest that people who don't do those sort, who people who do more flamboyant jobs have in a way, or people who just don't have jobs at all, people who have lots of freedom and freedom to do what they like. And this is just Chuck getting back at Jimmy for doing that, really. Okay, this is why, personally, I detest him all the more in this. Because you, know? you feel you're a roundy. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone wants to think they're around me, don't they? Who wants to say I'm a proud squarey? No one. I would look up to a man who who said, "Well, I wouldn't want to live with him." <laughs> no, or go out with them, would you? No, maybe no. not. You couldn't go out with a with a with a okay, squarey no. anyway. They wouldn't put up with you for a minute. No, talking about <laughs> other squarees. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's one side. <laughs> um, uh, just thinking about the guy. I think he's the deputy DA. Um, DDA Oakley. DDA, okay, yeah. somebody's been looking it up. Well, you looked it up. Okay, I didn't want to get that way. Um, the guy who... So explain who he is. So yeah. Jimmy, um, he, he's, he's, we've seen him before. He's one of the other um, 
you know, it's somebody who, who's Jimmy's come up against and argues pe- pl- the plea bargaining. He's a lowly state there. prosecutor, basically. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, I guess. And, and, and you mean when Jimmy's uh, been arrested and he's having all these possessions taken off? Not that bit time. where they, he comes in there and has a bit of a, you yeah, know, kind of, of a crow, yeah. but that guy. Yeah. When he has the scene where he's sitting down. Having lunch. Having lunch. Yeah. And I think, I know you talked about um, uh, the, the guy uh, last week Oh, I can't remember his name. Not um, who's the other lawyer who is um, works with Chuck, um, blonde Howard. Howard. Yes. Howard's physical demeanor. Oh, the, the way Howard of, walks. The mean yeah. that sort of physical theater. And I thought this guy again, the sort of physical theater of him with his crisp packets. Yeah, and he, and he sits there with very... he has his cup of coffee, doesn't he? And he's holding it really awkwardly with all these papers. Yes, and he just <laughs> looks the most awkward human being ever. And yeah. I thought that was delightful. Yeah, I love the double crisp packets as well. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. also used to put both ha- one hand in each at once, wasn't he? And they put them both in his mouth. Yeah, so you imagine there's some real thing and sort of a scheme he's got in his head yeah. about how he's that's, that's what I like. I like my Watsits and my Crispos or something like that, and I can't decide, so I have both. <laughs> yes, and I love his uh, his uh, takeaway line with Jimmy, where Jimmy says, "Oh, you have my burger," and he's saying, "I've oh, got too many trans fats," and he goes, "Those are the best fats." <laughs> yes. walks away. Yeah, yeah really no. good little cameo that yeah, was. was. Yeah, a little Excellent. bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. So how do how do we end with that plot? So he's um, with Jimmy. Yeah. So Jimmy is. I mean, ultimately, it's all about Chuck has. Well, you, you like you say you get the idea, don't you? When the when Chuck's lawyer is is interviewing him at his house, that maybe Chuck's having second thoughts. Yeah. And then you realise that no. he's not having second thoughts. To talk no, to all no his plan, he's got no. this plan all along, and that's what's got thrown at Jimmy. What I actually, what the thing I really liked was Jimmy's telling um, telling Kim, Kim that, yeah. and Kim says, and she's like, oh, "Well, that sounds like you got a you good got a deal. You got a good deal. You know, that <laughs> sounds great." But when he says, you know, and she says, "Oh, that'll really piss off Chuck." He says, mm, it was Chuck's idea. Immediately she goes, shit. Because she can't work it out, but she knows if it was Chuck's idea, yeah. then it's a bad thing. How does Jimmy thing. know it was Chuck's idea? Did he just guessed? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know I think matters. he's guessed because it, he can see that it's leading up to him yeah. being spotted yeah. as a lawyer. So well, what, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? So he's in this position that he could be... He, he, he could... Well, they're, they're going to take it to trial, I guess. They're going to... Well, um, not necessarily. What I love about it, though, and what I'm really uh, excited about for future episodes is that in the same way that we had a delightful, complicated what-the-fuck's-going-on plan with Mike here, mm. we love it when Jimmy comes up with some way of getting around some kind of legal thing. That's, that's, that's Jimmy's that's sort of modus operandi. very, very true. It? And that's yeah. what we love and what we loved yeah. about Saul in Breaking Bad. So do you think he's going to come up trying Oh, yeah. In... They're going to, I think he's going to come up with some fantastic scheme to get around. Because this is a big yeah. plot point. And so he's going to come up with yeah. some fantastic scheme and we're going to love him for it. Yeah. Okay. In the same way as you okay. were talking about the delightful episode in season two, when uh, Mike asks uh, Saul to represent the really nerdy <laughs> drugs guy, and he comes up yeah. with the fantastic story pie about thing. the pies and whatever. The That's pies. the kind of thing we're looking for with Jimmy here. Pie yeah. baby, cry baby, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So that. Oh, well, now we're, now we've got expectations. Yeah. Do you think uh, Kim's going to help him do this? Do you think Kim's going to? I think she's initially going to help him. I and think then she's not going to like his up. plan. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Because this is another of our this is another of our long running questions, really, isn't it? Is what breaks up Kim and Kim yes. and Jimmy, really, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of one of our one of the saddest bits of the story in some ways, and yeah. probably the thing that might tip Jimmy over the edge the most. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Because I really like Kim's character. She's yeah, very. I do. 
yeah. Um, yeah, she's 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 kind of likable, and even though she's a little bit of a squarey, she is a little bit of squarey. But she also she but she doesn't dislike Jimmy's roundiness. Hey, she, so she's achieved some kind of nice compromise. I think it's maybe what would help bring about peace in the world. I'm quite happy with uh, there being squareys and roundies in the world, so long as the squareys don't behave like don't, Chuck. Don't vote to leave Europe. <laughs> No, let's not get into that on the yeah, podcast. No, but that's what you mean. Yeah. Anywho, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That so, is a very tragic thing. Kim, yeah. and, Kim and Jimmy are are doomed to 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 be forced apart. Somewhere. And what's quite quite um, very sweet is like Kim's almost last line at the end of this, which is the mm. um, when when Jimmy asks her why he's why she's agreed to help him, she says, "Well, it's a bit like the fallacy of sunk costs, really, isn't it?" Yes. And sunk costs being the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. was that the and explain your what you uh, how you understand the fallacy of some uh, costs. So yeah. that that if you, well, I think it, it goes if you've got a business, people often make bad decisions because they're doing something they've they've invested into something and it's losing money and although they've given it some time, it really is it for the foreseeable future looks like it's going to lose them more money. Yeah. But they've already put a lot of money in, so they and think, they're thinking. I, to... I can't stop. Now yeah. I've given so much to this, I've got to keep going. I th I'm pretty sure, I think that's... So it's a bit like throwing good money after bad, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 but you can't help it. You can't help you it because think... you feel, oh, I've spent so much on this already. Oh, and Kim's I'm kind of saying, going. I've invested so much time and emotion into you already, Jimmy, I, I better carry on. <laughs> but, you know, said with a hint of humour, because, yeah. you know, that's... Um, yeah. Because, yeah, Jimmy's sort of revealing yeah. himself to be a bit... Bit of a waster, and he's almost saying, "Why? Why do you want to be stuck with me?" Yeah, I'm shit. But okay, I have I have likeable. one final question. Um, mm -hmm. Or oh, do you have anything else before this? Is uh, sort of yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we talked about that. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so I, as I was just doing a little bit of research on Wikipedia on this just before we started, mm. I happened to notice on the write up for this that it had a list of all of the characters who've been in Breaking Bad who are in Investigation yes. Saul. And it said right at the bottom of the list, it said, um, also, there has been a rumour that Brian Cranston has said that he uh, might make a, a small cameo appearance as Walter White in Medical Soul. So my question is, what would be the ideal appearance for Walter White in this? <laughs> you said it before. Yeah. I, I, I think you want something... You, I mean, it could be as simple as something stupid in the background, but I think you want something that would enlighten you to a little bit more about Walter's character would be good. It will obviously be way. the Walter White before he's ever started cooking meth, won't it? Yeah. Yes. So, but we, I think it should be something where we see the Walt of season one, Breaking Bad. Yeah. But then we just see a little hint, the little hint yeah. of Heisenberg. Oh, him losing his something. temper or something somewhere. Or or... Maybe some link with Heisenberg, because we never really knew why he came up with the word Heisenberg. Maybe that would be it. It'd be the origin. Oh, the, oh, the why he? Why, oh, Heisenberg. that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> why he came up with the name Heisenberg? Yeah, yeah that's, that, what I'm that's the for. kind of that's the kind of thing that writers delight audiences with. That kind of thing, isn't it? So it's yeah. a question that you've been asking kind of all the way along in another series, and then you answer it in this sort of. Well, there could be other. There could be other questions. Might maybe not. But Heisenberg, the origins of the name Heisenberg. That really again long. fitting in with your whole origin story. Malarkey yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why did Walt call himself Heisenberg in Breaking Bad? I can't. I, I thought it was just there somewhere. He says, "What's your name?" He just picks it out of a right hat. You know, picks it out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. As far as I recall, but I could be wrong. So it could be. 
I don't know. It could even be something to do with one of his school lessons or something, I suppose, couldn't it? Would he be talking, would he be talk, oh no, you wouldn't yeah, be talking quantum need... physics, would you? <laughs> talk about quantum in uh, Heisenberg. Is... Yeah, you might do in a kind of, you know, I, he teaches at high school. Yeah, but he's a chemistry like teacher. I went to high school, not a physics, he's a chemistry teacher, not a physics teacher. Oh, wow. Maybe he's covering physics, I don't know. Yes. Uh, did uh, there's no there's no quantum in chemistry? No, not really. Well, not certainly not what you teach in a high school. <laughs> yeah. No, but sometimes yeah. you have little lessons where you kind of you know yeah, cover the maybe. syllabus. You can go off topic. Anyway, I imagine yeah, that the writers back or Saul will come up with a better idea than we can. I bet they will. Yeah, we can that trust might have them a more. Think about that. All right. Anyway, we good? so I think we're done. Yes. So, uh, if you have any comments you'd like to make about the podcast or ask any questions, uh, you can email us at betteroverhaulsaul at ethancrane.com. That's C-R-A-N-E dot com. Or you can leave comments on our webpage at uh, ethancrane.com. Just follow the links to Better Overall Saul. And otherwise, we'll see you for... What's the next episode? Was that episode three? That was episode three. Episode four next week. Episode four next week. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.